Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Are you looking for a designer to help you with your next product or startup? When I'm not working on the show, I'm busy working as an award-winning chief design officer and have been doing software design for startups and other companies for over 20 years. I'm also a published author and recently sold a startup to a multi-billion dollar company. For more information, visit kevinhorick.com. That is K-E-V-I-N-H-O-R-E-K.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Silk Glab. She's an executive coach at Silk Celia and she helps executives and experts to reach their full potential by removing burnout, anxiety, and stress. Silk, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Kevin, to have me on your show. Great yeah. to be here. I'm very excited to have you on the show. I, I think all the stuff we're going to talk about today, tons of listeners have struggled with. I know I've struggled with all those things in the past. So in some cases, I think I'm still struggling with some of that stuff. But maybe before we get into how you help people get over all those things, Let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Yes, I grew up in a smaller town in Germany, in the southern part. And yeah, then I studied psychology and worked in a tech industry as a communication trainer. And then I moved to Africa and did some development work there. Then I worked for corporate there, for school. From there, I went to Dubai. I worked also for international schools while building up my business. So that's in a very short, in a few sentences. No, 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 no. Sure. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into some of that stuff. So what made you want to take that in university? Was there like a defining moment or a few things that happened or, or walk us through that? Yeah, actually there was some, uh, something because my parents, they run a hotel for let's say 14 years, quite okay. successfully until they went into a financial crisis. And the more this financial crisis um, poured up the the worse the mental state of my mother became until one evening and i can really recall that in the living room we had a brown carpet and this brown carpet was very soon to be covered by all the blue accounting books that my mother just threw on on the carpet and said i'm out i'm out here because all this stress concerning the finances had really taken a toll on her. And she really had to withdraw from the business for a couple of years. Wow. And so she developed a bipolar disorder. It was like the trigger for, for that. And for me, it was like this moment to, to say, 
how what, what I can do for a long time I didn't know what to do with psychology and why I choose it but but later I figured out yeah because there there is really a mission to help people not to go, get to the point my mother went interesting no yeah, that's, that's the personal side wow no that's that's really interesting so you mentioned you built your business while working full-time. Did I hear that correctly? Yes. Okay. Yes. So walk us through your career up until deciding to go on your own because I think a lot of people would love to maybe do a side thing and then eventually work it into their full-time thing. And you've clearly done that. You're clearly successful at that. So Walk us through that journey and kind of what did you do along the way and then what made you ultimately decide to quit full time or to go full time? Yeah, as I said, I had worked as a psychologist all the time, but more as an organizational psychologist, coach and trainer. And when I worked in, in the school environment, we had a lot of things to fulfill on well-being in, in school, well-being programs, inclusion programs. And I believe schools, especially international schools, are quite ahead of any corporate. And it, yeah, and especially here in Dubai, they had a really a vision to create the best schools in the world and prepare really the youth to be leaders in the future. And therefore, I also, during a process of 10 years, let, let's or 15 years, I did personal development. I, I did coaching, NLP coaching, NLP master coaching. I did uh, systemic work, hypnotherapy, everything to serve my clients, either they were adults or students to serve them better and while I was doing that I realized I, I like to work more with adults because I can use much more of my tools with uh, kids or teenagers you are somehow limited and I started like four years ago to slowly build up my business uh, go on LinkedIn post about certain things, become like, like a small brand around the things I'm, I'm doing and just testing out the market. And um, with the end of the last school term, I decided to, to fully go now into my own and to do it on my own. Very cool. So what exactly do you do now full time? Because you have some coaching, some speaking, and then I want to dive into some of the specialties that you, you do because I, I think they're really fascinating. Yeah, what I a little bit uh, didn't expect that marketing and sales is quite a big part of entrepreneurship. Sure. And you have to do it on a continuous basis and you have to be quite determined and ready to sail. I think this is the major learning point I got out of that. Despite that, uh, I also sense this up and downs. If you're seated in your office and uh, not every day clients are coming in, 
and you, you really have to deal with that, yeah, with these uh, emotions, negative thoughts that are coming in. And then I said, yeah, I'm, I also have to be my best example and use the tools I also offer other people. And during my whole time of becoming a coach and trainer in these 10, 15 years, I have done a lot of work on my own. Yeah, I, I, I got supervisions, I hit a lot of stuff for myself to, to be also ready. It's quite important in coaching or in counseling that you are able to sort by yourself. Yes. And uh, if the, the client comes up with something that you're not triggered. Yes. Yeah, so that you can, that you don't project something on, on your client. And this I found also quite important. And now a uh, feeling on my own how it is, uh, I didn't have any investments. I didn't take a loan. I, I had my own savings. That's uh, something on the safe side. But, but I, I can, yeah, I, I can feel with people when they say, yeah, uh, I have these loans and uh, Clients were not coming in. I didn't get the expected profits. And yeah, this sense of safety is not there. And that's a quite basic feeling you need. You need a feeling of belonging and a feeling of safety and love. And for belonging, that's also some, something. Now I'm alone in my office. And before I was in this working environment, either in corporate environment or school environment, there were always colleagues. And now there, there is no colleague. And this is also why I make time in my schedule to meet people outside. Interesting. Yeah, to meet with friends, to be together. No, not to feel lonely. I have my partner here, but, but he's also working. So most of the time I'm alone in my office. No, interesting. Because I do online coachings most sure. of the time. Sure. Yes. So so these are my learning points of my entrepreneurial journey. No, that's that's interesting because I I, I love how you're an entrepreneur helping entrepreneurs through some of the the biggest challenges I think of being an entrepreneur that I think everybody will face all of the stuff that you do, at, or at least one, right? And it's probably closer to all of them. Do you agree or what yes. are your thoughts around yes. that? <laughs> yes. And uh, when I was still employed, yeah. I, I could imagine, okay, I had the story of my, my parents, how, how I grew up. Um. But, but I was still a, a child and, and teenager, so you, you don't really feel, you only see sure. how mom is doing. But um, this other side, I became aware of it. Then I said, yeah. And I only have it in a small dose. Imagine you, you have a startup and you have people employed and you have taken loans or you, you have to communicate to a board. Yeah, this is on top well, what I'm facing. Sure. No, 100%. So how do you work with executives and entrepreneurs to deal with burnout, anxiety, and stress? Because I think 
in a lot of cases, they're very much overlap. And in a lot of cases, people are dealing with all three at the same time. Yes, yes. And for me, it's uh, I don't have a, like a general recipe for everybody. What I normally do if someone comes in with burnout, I have a checklist. Okay. And on the checklist, we really figure out what has caused that burnout, uh, like stress factors in your work environment. And we look at uh, job characteristics, like uh, do you have a workload? Are there any conflicts, unsolved conflicts? Um, do you have, do you sense a lack of support and input or occupational factors like you don't have enough people? Like if you're a startup, often you start maybe with a co-founder and you, you do a lot of things on your own to save costs. So there's often a lot of understuffing um, taking place. Then uh, maybe rapid changes that you have to do, like organizational changes. And there are also some personality traits. Are you someone who is more prone to react with burnout and anxiety when stress becomes too much? There's uh, like, we have different, it's our autonomous uh, nervous system or vegetative nervous system, how we react to stress. And some people, they're more sensitive how they react to stress. That's a personal trait. But there are also other traits that you always have to make everything 100%, 150%. And uh, nothing is enough. And you have high expectations of yourself. And these are these five points, like job characteristics, occupational factors, organizational factors, and uh, also personal traits. When we know what are the stress factors, then I tailor the right program. For example, one of my last clients, he came, he said, oh, I'm totally burned out, I can't concentrate anymore. And I really lost my power and energy. Okay. When we did the checklist, we figured out that's really the job he always wanted to do. It's this kind of business. He really feels in the flow. But feeling in the flow is also that he misses out timings. Uh. So he doesn't do any breaks. He has long working hours. And additionally, he, had, he has a conflict with his co-founder but he doesn't address it because he likes harmonious relationships. And instead of talking to him, he just keeps quiet and takes up additional stuff. So he has even more workload. And then he also revealed to me that uh, the loan he has taken, it really stresses him out, but he doesn't want to talk about it with his family and his wife because uh, he doesn't want to put additional stress on her. So he keeps it all to himself. These were his stress factors, workload, conflict, um, and not facing actively also the issue with the finances. Sure. 
And what I approach then, I call it psychological and neurological resilience. What is that? Resilience is a concept. If you are able to bounce back and to recover from burnout very easily, and it has four factors. Okay. One factor is how do you react to stressors? And in the case of uh, my client with the workload, he didn't sleep enough, he didn't eat good enough. The first step is always to make the person's neurons fit. And this means to really get at least seven hours of sleep. Okay. Because your system, your sleep goes through different circles. And these circles are mostly you run through three or four circles per night. And these are very crucial to rejuvenate your whole body and even your nervous cells and to upload whatever um, you experience during the day that's all uploaded to higher regions of your brain. And therefore, sleep is very crucial. Okay. Then so, sorry, can I interrupt before you, you keep going? Yes. So if you're dealing with burnout, anxiety, and stress, those can keep you up or wake you up in the middle of the night to not get you sleeping enough. So how do you help somebody actually sleep through the night or at least enough of the night? Yeah, uh, I do a hypnotherapy session. Interesting. Yeah. And in the hypnotherapy session, you can actually program your mind that your mind be because naturally your mind falls asleep because uh, the moment it gets dark, a hormone is released from your brain to bring you to calm you more down and to prepare you to go to sleep. And often with these artificial lights and everything, we, we, we stay up much longer. So the mind can be programmed to fall asleep and let go of all the worries you have. And this can be in addition, uh, like uh, on its own, a hypnotherapy session on its own, or we cover already the worries, like the underlying thoughts and feelings behind your worries and if you solve that then you don't need to wake up during the night interesting and and how long or how many sessions does it roughly take to potentially get somebody sleeping better because it probably ranges depending on how severe um, somebody's going through some of this stuff but is it usually like one or two? Is it 10? Like what, what's a rough yeah. estimate? For, for, for the sleep, uh, one, one session, hypnotherapy session is enough. Oh, wow. Because you will also get a recording that you will listen to before you go to sleep. Gotcha. It's mostly 20 minutes. Okay. So very doable and, and quick. That's yeah, awesome. very doable. Yes. Okay. And uh, that's for the sleep. And okay. then uh, it's also important that you're able to regulate your emotions. Okay. And this is the first with the, uh, with the how to make your neurons fit. It's uh, the sleep. It's also nutrition. It's very important to eat uh, fatty acids, 
that you can get from omega-3s, from fish, but you can also get them from nuts, from olive oil, avocados. These are good fatty acids. And then stop these starchy carbohydrates like white rice, pasta, white bread, sugar, alcohol, because they put an additional spike on your body. Because if you're in stress, your blood sugar levels are already very high. Yeah, and then you have this craving to get even more sugar. And this will only give you short-term spikes. Therefore, use carbohydrates that are releasing much slower. And these are sweet potatoes, it, uh, all kinds of vegetables, and um, also oats, whole grain oats. These are very good carbohydrates. Interesting. So take care of your nutrition. Eat regularly. If you are not able to cook, there are so many providers who deliver to you. There are also healthy delivery services. So there's actually no excuse not to have good nutrition going on. And then you have also activity, physical activity is also very important during times of stress. If you're seated whole day long, it's important that you become active in your free time. And if you're already active during the whole day, then use something that relaxes you in the evening. And there is no research that tells you that if you work more than eight or nine hours per day, that your performance will be better. No, there is a limit to do cognitive work. And it's in average eight to nine hours more your body and your brain will not even manage. Interesting. So, so if people are putting in 12, 14 plus hour days, they're not actually getting more done than they would in eight or nine hours of like solid work or, or walk us through that. I, only if you uh, do it in breaks, that you have breaks ah, okay. in it. But continuously working more than eight hours gotcha. with maybe half an hour break will not, yeah, will not do that. If you want to work 12 hours, then have uh, times of activities in between that you meet people, that you do exercises, sports, relaxation in between. Then you can manage. Got you. That's actually really good advice. So basically work, I don't know, nine to five, go home, have dinner with your family, maybe go for a workout and then maybe eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night, get back on the yeah. computer or whatever, do a couple more hours of work, that kind of exactly. thing. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Very, yes. Very good advice. And then also have at least one day off on that day. You're not doing anything. Sometimes if it's also cool, good to do nothing. You can even have breaks in your day that you just look outside the window and observe what is there. Interesting. Be so, in the moment. So on your day off, do you recommend people somewhat disconnect, totally disconnect, don't check email, or, or what are your thoughts around what they should do on that day off? 
I would recommend really totally disconnect. Okay. Yeah. So to also to tell your brain that you don't need it. Yeah, that you're fine with that, that you're able to disconnect and, and don't get this. Um, you heard about it. If you, you are drawn to check your emails, to check your posts, to see how many likes, how many people commented. No, give yourself a break also to show to yourself that you, you're not depending on it, that you're not dependent. Interesting. So why do you think entrepreneurs are more prone to kind of burnout, anxiety, and stress? Yes, because it's actually what I also said. It's uh, financial issues often. Sure. Yeah. Then you have often a lot of workload. You have to uh, yeah, deal with a lot of stuff that if you're growing, you have more staff members, you have more responsibilities, you have to streamline and develop your whole organization, especially when you have more employees. And I think also the responsibilities and certain personality types are also going into entrepreneurship, I believe. Okay, and, and what do you think are those personality traits? Yes, so, someone who uh, doesn't want to uh, get regulated, wants to have his or her freedom, to be able to develop or to show all the talents a person has and to do it in her or his way. Uh, Risk-taking. Yeah, that uh, certain people are uh, more ready to take risk. Interesting. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm... and uh, yeah, to create an impact. But some people are also driven by to avoid that there may go that they are maybe not leaving a legacy, that they were not enough, that they were not great, and to avoid that they drive into this. If, if you talk, I, I talked to uh, like half of my clients, if we really go into what drives them okay. in their business is often avoiding. I never want to go back to have that boss. I, I, I don't want to be seen that I didn't make it. Interesting. Yes, often, it's often also avoiding. And when it comes also to this kind of resilience, I spoke before about this neuro, neurological re resilience. Yeah. We also have the psychological resilience. And for this, what, because you said, okay, what type of people start a business? Yeah. And... One thing of resilience is also if you're self-efficient, if you believe that you can solve certain tasks on your own. And a lot of entrepreneurs, I believe, they have that. In the beginning, they think, okay, uh, I don't want to be told I'm capable to, to, to build something on my own, and I believe I'm quite self-efficient. 
and they have certain core beliefs about themselves. Later, they may figure out that, okay, they have one talent and that's very great, but for a whole business to really run, you need other skills too. There's marketing, there's administration, there are financial things. And out of sudden, you're confronted with things you are not good in. Interesting. Yeah. And then you're also confronted that you're not able to deal with that. Yeah, like my, my, my client I spoke about, these financial issues. And before, he, he always got uh, his uh, salary and everything was fine and he was a quite a good earner. And now you have to do all these investments. And out of sudden, it went out of control. And he believed he's not able to deal really with these finances. And he didn't want to put uh, another burden on his own family. Sure. So you keep it to yourself. And in this moment, you don't believe that you can handle it. So self-efficiency on one side to start your business because you're really strong in entrepreneurial things to really implement things. But on the way, there, there may come situations you feel overwhelmed and not in control. Sure. Well, and the other thing too is it's hard for people that are not entrepreneurial to relate to somebody that is an entrepreneur when they're struggling with whatever they're struggling with because in a lot of cases they've never really gone through that do you find that quite a bit or what are your thoughts around that yeah now i can also yeah i, I saw it from my parents of course they were entrepreneurs and sure yeah the financial thing i i spoke again sure uh, but, but when I was employed, it was, yeah, if you're sick, you are sick and salary is still there. You go on holiday, salary is also given. Sure. And if you're on your own, you really depend on, you depend on people buying your services. And if people are not buying them, there is no income. And still, if you have income, you still have to pay for loans and for your employers and you get any salary for yourself in the beginning? Definitely not. Sure. Yeah, so the whole cash flow thing. And another thing is also what kind of coping strategy you have when things are turning around. Sure. Some people or the best coping strategy to really be active, to actively face it. But if you're not used to it, there are also passive coping strategies. Okay. That's avoiding, procrastinating, even uh, try to regulate your emotions by drinking, yeah, sure. going for parties and things like that. So that's a passive way, and this will not help you to deal with stress. What helps you if you have active coping strategies? And you will only have them if you really believe in yourself that you're able to deal with that. Then with my client, because he really procrastinated to talk to his partner, 
And uh, instead of doing so, he even took over additional work that put another workload on him. So what we did is to figure out why he avoids conflicts. Sure. What's behind that behavior of avoiding conflicts? And then we went quite deep into his childhood and we figured out from where it came from. And after that, when we really revealed that and healed it, then we role-played how he could talk to his partner. Interesting. Yeah, because often we are not trained how to communicate in the best way that's not aggressive, in a way that uh, people don't feel like or, or defensive if you say something, but open the space where you open up right. and say how a certain situation makes you feel and what you're expecting from the other person that's uh, like uh, how to talk in a partnership. And this we dealt with. So we, we had uh, some role plays, how he can confront or how he co can communicate with his partner. After we had also figured out why he avoids conflicts in his life. And then also how he is now capable to face his financial situation. Because avoiding it and not talking with anybody about it will not help you. So it's not solved. And an active coping strategy was then to to seek for financial advice. Interesting. Yeah, to, to talk to um, where you got the loan from. Yeah, to talk with them if there's another way how you can pay back the money uh, or to create other um, revenue streams for for yourself. And this on the outside, he was a very well established entrepreneur but when you look what really psychological resilience and neurological resilience means is uh, if you meet him you think he's very convinced he has a very high self-esteem but this is he will show that in situations he's used to where he has strength but in other situations like when conflict comes in or finances, he feels he felt totally overwhelmed, and then he didn't have this self-efficiency and therefore passive coping strategies. Yeah, interesting. Well, and I also think too, and you can give me your thoughts on this: is if I come from maybe more of a technical background, it's harder in a lot of cases maybe to do some of the stuff on on the business side or or vice versa like if you're more on the you went to business school for example and you're not really technical it's probably harder if you have to do some of the technical stuff which could create some of this kind of anxiety and and stress right and so if if the, your client yeah. you were talking about like wasn't on the business side originally or or kind of maybe that's not his his skill set that stresses you out, right? And creates all these kind of problems that we've talked about because it's just not your specialty. Do you agree with that? Or what are your thoughts around yes. dealing with, with yes. working in a vertical 
that you're not, that's not really your specialty, but you have to because you're an entrepreneur. Yes, and especially when you start uh, off, when you're in the starting phase, you have to uh, cover a lot of heads. And later, if the business is running smoothly, you will employ people. Sure. And then it's also important that you get uh, people on board that are not projecting your weaknesses. Sure. Sometimes, if you're not aware how you are running yourself, what's behind your behavior, it can be that you project some of this stuff on the people you employ. And yeah, and as I said later, you will get people on, on board who are taking care of the of these things. But in the beginning, <laughs> I believe you have to do a lot of things on your own. And even if you outsource, how will you know that this person is, uh, is doing a great job? No, I, I 100% agree. Know. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and sometimes you can actually fail. Like also my parents, they, they were actually not good in finances. And they, they had an auditor who, um, who did like their accounting. Yep. But this person was so bad. He, he didn't give them the right advice how to pay back loans. And therefore, the debt uh, really accumulated until it was not manageable anymore. And uh, I believe this also happens. And uh, yeah, I'm fully on your side. In the beginning, you, you can't be capable in everything. And sometimes if you have a tech startup, maybe the both of you are techies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you, you, you are more um, involved how to create a platform or to, to create um, a program and software and what kind of things. No, fair. And maybe marketing, you will be, yeah, also marketing to sell your product is another challenge. 100%. So I'm curious though, and you've clearly been successful with this, is how do you as an entrepreneur work through overcoming burnout, your anxiety, and your stress while still working on your business and trying to grow it and, and keep it afloat and also deal with all this stuff while trying to kind of manage your day and, and keep things going, right? Before you get to a point where you hopefully can maybe take some time away. Yeah. So when it comes uh, to my kind of coaching, time is not an excuse because I, I actually help people in four sessions. Okay. And that's also my, my signature. So whatever psychological is really bothering you, we will sort that out in four sessions. Okay, and how that's long are those really sessions roughly? Uh, one hour. And, okay, so uh, roughly four hours. Yeah, in total four hours, if we need, especially for the rapid the hypnotherapy in it, uh, if a client needs more, of course, I will not stop sure, <laughs> on sure. the dot. Sure, gotcha. yeah, So it can be half an hour longer. Like, let's say like four and a half hours, sometimes one hour becomes a little bit longer, but there will be four sessions and normally a session is uh, one hour, and then I have a double session of two hours, 
and another one hour. And then, as I said, I also advise people to get their neurological side really um, on, on, on path. And this means it's really you who actively takes care of yourself. That's also an active coping strategy because you can do that. And uh, to create this awareness that sleep is very, very crucial. And then I, if people are still worried, then we have the hypnotherapy session who really brings your brain into sleeping mode. And activity, I, I think to really sit down and have a close look at your calendar to create these times. And you don't need to meditate for an hour. It's enough 11 minutes. Okay. So it's, it's hard to, to not find 11 minutes in, yeah, in a it, schedule. Yeah, it's not. Because people always think I have to meditate one hour or whatever. No. Mindfulness practice is just to look outside the window for five minutes and observe what you can see or to breathe, to concentrate on your breath for five minutes. Just be with your breath. That's also very easy. Nutrition, as I said, there are so many delivery services you can get to, to that deliver to your office that you have really your food. Food is the fuel from what is your brain running yeah, these are cells, and cells, of course, need uh, glucose, but hopefully not from sugar and whatever, but from good carbohydrates and from good fats. And there's also no excuse for this. You don't even need to cook. Sure. Yeah, and you can select the right food for uh, for yourself. And activity. You will, if you start something, and it's also not spending hours in the gym or what Tony Robbins does, this cold bath or ice bath. No, it's enough if you find something that makes you fulfilled. And there's also these high-intensity workouts. They go only for 20 minutes. Sure. And you can uh, have an app for that. They give you the exercises to do. So how so long, also not necessary. So how many times a week should you do these 20-minute workouts? They recommend uh, five times. So every working day. Okay, so you're, you're basically saying if I dedicate roughly 30 minutes a day on s s meditation kind of – uh, working out or at least five, six days a week and then m correcting my diet to, um, you know, a proper healthier diet, which to your point, you can basically have show up at your location, um, you know, and, and there's tons of even fast food type options that are serving healthier stuff. Do you agree um, more and more now too? Like if you if you're out and about or, you know, there's there's places when you're eating out, you can obviously order the healthier option. I think that's way more doable than I think what a lot of people 
are, are kind of talking about online, right? Like adding yeah. 30 minutes yeah. to your day and breaking up your day with different activities. It, you're not telling people to cut down on the amount of work they're doing. You're basically just saying, look, you need to space it out a little bit throughout your day and, and work in some other things and, and eat a bit healthier. I think that's very yes. attainable for most people. Yes, and, and uh, here also, when you look at schools, and you will notice if you are an adult nowadays and would go back to school, you will be like in the system I work, I was shocked how many different lessons these students have and to learn for everything. Sure. And they're mostly in school from 8 to um, 2 o'clock, 8 okay. to 2 o'clock, sometimes even 3 o'clock. And there's a lot of learning and even homework. But even in the school, you have transition times, you have break times. After like uh, one and a half hours, you have 15 minutes break. Then after three hours, you have half an hour or 45 minutes break. Then again, you have after one and a half hours, another like 10 minutes break, 15 minutes break. There are always break times, even in school. Why would you not be able to do that in, in your workplace? Yeah. yeah, interesting, because you've then, been doing that your whole life. Well, basically your whole life, right? If yeah, no, yeah, yeah interesting. Of or even in, in school, of course, all these sugary things, they sure. are not, uh, yeah, not wanted anymore, yeah? Then... Uh, they really advise kids to come up with nice snacks. And even there, you bring food to, to, to school. Why would you stop that? To have healthy snacks, to avoid when you have uh, late business meetings that you eat late at night or you go out uh, drinking at night. This rises up your sugar levels. And especially in times when you have a lot of stress, you Actually, you have to do the opposite of that. And me, I'm also not a fan because I, 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 I'm also not able to meditate. I tried to wake up earlier and meditate, and it's not possible for me. Sure. Sometimes it also gets late. It gets 11.30, maximum 12 o'clock. And then I, I need at least seven hours yeah, and I had planned my meditation at six o'clock. I will not wake up at six o'clock to do my meditation. Sure. But I have uh, like an application that uh, rings after like 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, to alert me that I do a break. Interesting. So you're basically. Otherwise, I sit. So you're basically building a custom program that works for the person you're working with or, or yourself, right? Because to your point, if you're yes. not a morning person or you can't get up, like there's no point in trying to force yourself to get up at 6 a.m. Maybe you need to do your meditation at 6 p.m., for example. I, I don't know. Whatever works for you. Fair to say? Yeah, yeah. And for, for me, and like what I said, when, when, when I do the hypnotherapy, people get a recording. Yeah, okay. This doesn't mean that you have to now – be alert and listen to the recording for 20 minutes and understand every single word? No. Right. You're, we had already a session where we gave these inputs to your brain. When you hear it again, it's more a reminder. 
Got you. Yeah, it's your subconscious mind will get the message you don't need. If you're already drifting off, it doesn't matter. Sure. It's fine. And to, to make it also, like for, for people, it's very difficult to book more sessions. Yeah, yeah. it's like I have to commit myself for 10 sessions. Maybe in the first one I, I benefit, but, but then I even don't know anymore. And therefore, I said, make it even here very easy. Concentrate on the major problem. Figure out from where the stress factor is coming from and then solve that. I don't need to do with every client a communication training because uh, there is maybe no conflict with the partner. Sure. Yeah, but fair. in this case, he needed it. With others, I had a client, he, he was actually quite depressed. He already had seen a, a psychiatrist and a psychologist, a psychotherapist, but it was too long he, he, for, for him. And then we did uh, the third session, this double session, and a lot of load was lifted up because we had figured out from where all this had come from. Interesting. No. Yeah. No, uh, no, I, yes. I, I think that's actually really good advice. I, I'm curious, though, to get your thoughts on any ideas around dealing with uh, proca procrastination. Yeah, they, they say it's a it's a kind of psychological trait sure. that someone has not uh, because uh, some people also experienced that there was no harm when they procrastinated. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So they, they still got it. And so, some people later in, in life, they actually develop this, uh, how the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Because they say, oh, it was not really uh, so. They always managed, but then they tell themselves, yes, I managed, but in the last minute, and maybe I'm not really so so good. Maybe I'm not so capable. It was just luck that I managed. <laughs> so this procrastination on one side didn't harm them, but later. Uh, they can develop uh, this imposter syndrome. Interesting. I, I think uh, it's as long as it doesn't harm you. And for some people, it's, of course, also avoiding. It's a passive coping strategy. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, for burnout, passive uh, procrastinating or passive coping strategies are not helpful at all okay and how do you what's the best way to kind of acknowledge and accept to yourself that you're doing some of this passive uh coping coping uh, strategies on yourself yeah you that's also a, a sense of self-care okay to give yourself at least a limit okay smart yeah uh, to say at least up to this day uh, i will do it and some people, they even need the last minute that they can really bring up all the energy to do it. Then this is uh, this kind of positive stress. They need this uh, kind of little bit fear, anxiety 
this eureka, this pos positive stress to really be, uh, get active. Interesting. Yeah, I think you have to figure out if uh, what you're actually doing. Are you avoiding something because you feel not capable and you use uh, procrastination more as a passive uh, coping strategy? Or you are more a person who needs the thrill in the end to really get up all the resources to do the task. Interesting. No, I, I think that's that's really good advice. But sadly, we're out of time. So how about we close the show with mentioning where people can get more information about you online and any of the other links and uh, kind of services you want to mention where people can get them because you have a ton of free resources even on your website. Yes, the, the best way to um, get in contact with me is through my website. That's silkcelia.com. And the Celia is like Charlie. Okay, so... And there you will also find a masterclass, how you can move from stress to strength. There you get also a, like a peek into my rapid transformation therapy, how it works. First, there, there is more a theory, uh, what's behind stress, the neuroscience and the psychological side of stress. And then you see a real hypnotherapy session. That's my masterclass. And then you can also just uh, come on a call with me for a free discovery call. And we figure out how I can help you and also introduce you, uh, you already to some of my tools so that you can really get a touch of it. And then I'm quite active on LinkedIn. My name there is Silke Glab. I post nearly every day everything about burnout, stress, mental health, mental health at the workplace. These are mostly my posts. Very cool. And just for people to spell your domain, it's S-I-L-K-C-E-L-I-A.com. Yes. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you again taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day. Thank you very much, uh, Kevin, for having me on the show, and thank you very much, audience, for listening. Perfect. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.